Welcome, everyone, to the Friday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I love saying that, the Friday edition of the podcast. I am your host, as always, Tyler Crawley, and we are going to start with the much, not as anticipated as the CPI report, but the PPI report is very important. It's the producer price index, so it looks at what the producers are spending, basically the wholesale prices. And of course, as those go up, those will, at some point, they'll have to be passed on to consumers. And so it's important to keep an eye on what is happening with the producer price index. And not surprisingly, what we're seeing with PPI is very similar to what we saw with CPI. So CPI, we saw a small drop but it didn't drop as much as expected. Very similar with PPI. It did drop, but only a little bit, down to 11%. That was half a percentage point drop. So it was 11.5% in March. It was 11% in April. And month over month, we saw a half a percent increase, which was down from the 1.1% increase that we saw in March. And core PPI was up 6.9% year over year, and that was also down from 7.1% in March. And in case you're wondering where these increases were coming from, where the major categories, uh, energy prices uh, were still up for the month, even though there was a big decline from the prior month. Energy prices were still up 1.7%, and food prices were up 1.5%. And kind of looking at the bigger picture here, As I mentioned, producer prices, just like consumer prices, saw a slight decline in April, but nobody should be celebrating this drop. I mean, maybe like a little golf clap, maybe if you would like, but for the most part, no, no one should be celebrating this because it's important to realize what's happening right now. So a year ago, a year ago, that's what we're comparing, right? Year over year, year ago, the economy was beginning to reopen as the vaccine spread throughout the country. And we saw at that time an initial bump in inflation. Remember, that's when we started hearing about inflation, maybe a little later in the year, but it's as the economy started opening and then all of a sudden prices jumped. And then we were told, oh, no, 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 base effect. Uh, prices were down so much in 2020 that, you know, we're that was the original argument for inflation. And there was a there was truth to that. Prices were depressed in 2020, and so a lot of the inflation that we were seeing in middle 2021 was the base effect, where prices were depressed, and so the year-over-year comparison wasn't entirely accurate. But now that we're looking at prices compared to a reopening economy, there's no base effect anymore. And so that's why these inflation numbers are starting to worry so many people because it's no longer, and I understand, right, the buzzword transitory, that's clearly gone out the window, but is it now becoming entrenched? And then you get into this sort of scary moment of the late 70s, early 80s, where after inflation exists for a while, people go, oh, I guess that's just the way it is now. Uh, And that's not a situation (laughs) that you want to be in, you want people to be concerned about inflation. And I don't necessarily mean that people are not going to be concerned about inflation, but what happens is, is they just sort of expect it. And then they also expect their wages to rise to match what's happening with inflation. And then you get the dreaded sort of wage price spiral where everything starts rising because of the other thing. And then how do you get off that horrible, vicious cycle? And that's the thing 
that you don't want to happen in the economy. So these numbers, even though we have hit a 40-year high and something that we should be concerned about, the fact that we're now reaching a point where year over year, the economy was reopening and prices normalized and we're still seeing record high inflation. That's why these numbers now are starting to worry a lot of economists. So just wanted to kind of lay it out there and explain why maybe the higher prices now are looking scarier than they did, even if the number was high or lower. The base effect is now officially gone. (laughs) So you don't have that argument to make. And speaking of things going up, not surprisingly, mortgage rates were up for the week, but not a big jump. Not a big jump at all. And I, you know, maybe I shouldn't say everyone expects that to happen because let's face it, we've had two weeks in a row of mortgage demand increasing, which I would have thought mortgage demand would continue to fall. So I was kind of surprised by that. Uh, However, mortgage rates, not surprised that they increased for the week, according to the Freddie Mac weekly survey. So here's where they have rates for the week ending May the 12th. The average rate was up three basis points for a 30-year fix to 5.3%, which is now 233 basis points higher than we were one year ago. So a little bit higher. (laughs) At some point, that number is, I've, I've sort of become numb to it where it's just like, oh, that's normal. Yeah, 200 basis point jump in a year, ah, totally normal. Uh, the 15-year fix, interestingly enough, down week over week, down four basis points to 4.48%. However, this was still up 226 basis points from one year ago. And now we got to talk about it because, well, we're seeing demand increase for arms the 5-1 arm, the average rate was up two basis points to 3.98%. And this was only up 139 basis points from one year ago. I mean, it's kind of like a bargain. Only up 139 basis points in a year? That is a bargain. Now, Sam Cater, Freddie Mac's chief economist, said in a statement that home buyers continue to show resilience in the face of rising rates, and I mean, the fact that demand has increased these last two weeks and clearly being led by purchases. Yeah, I mean, it is kind of impressive that home buyers are like, we are sticking with this plan to buy a home because you got rising prices and rising rates at the, at the same time. So Sam Cater said, quote, several factors are contributing to this dynamic, including the large wave of first-time home buyers looking to realize their dream of home ownership. And in the months ahead, we expect monetary policy and inflation to discourage many consumers, weakening purchase demand and decelerating home price growth. So basically they're saying people are no rates are going to continue to go up and they want to take advantage, especially like I said, you're looking at what's happening with arms becoming more attractive People are saying, hey, I'm going to buy a home using an adjustable rate. And remember, these adjustable rates are not the adjustable rates of 2005. You need to have much higher credit scores. You need to be able to afford the adjust when the payment adjusts. You're you're supposed to be able to afford that. It's not like this idea that, oh, we can only qualify you for the teaser rate. You need to be able to qualify for more than what the payment is 
because of that possible adjustment. And so these are not the adjustable rate mortgages of the mid 2000s. Something very important to remember when you hear people, because I've already heard people start groaning. Oh no, here it goes again. Adjustable rate more. They're not the same product in any way. shape. It's like arguing that someone going out and buying a home, getting a 30 year fix is the same thing as getting a subprime mortgage. It's not, it's not the same product, not even close, <laughs> very, very different. And so make sure to keep that in mind. Now, speaking of buying a home, which is what we talk about here on the Markets and Mortgages podcast. There was a fascinating article over at the Wall Street Journal by Will Parker and Nate Ratner who were looking at this question that everyone asks themselves when, you let's say, you're renting and you're thinking about buying. You wonder, does it make sense to buy? Will I benefit from making this purchase? And there is actually a calculation that you can do in order to figure this out. And Parker and Ratner were right, wrote in this piece about how this dynamic is changing in a, in a kind of interesting way because you're seeing both rents and home prices skyrocket at the same time and how it's making this decision a little trickier than it normally would be. So in this current market, home buyers will need to wait longer for their investments to pay off. This is according to a Wall Street Journal analysis of rent and home buying cost estimates from mortgage finance startup Tumo. I think I'm saying that right. Tomo, Tumo. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> so I'm going, I'm going to go with Tumo. So while rents have risen rapidly all over the country, home prices have gone up even more, which we've highlighted here on the pod. In 19 of 20 markets covered by the CoreLogic Single Family Rent Index, the markets used for the Tomo and Wall Street Journal analysis, the estimated time to break even on a home purchase has increased. And I think the one kind of takeaway from all of this is that when it comes to buying a home, if you're looking to buy and you're only going to be there for a couple of years, in most cases, it probably doesn't make sense to buy. <laughs> if you're buying a home, the longer you know you're going to stay in it, the more sense the purchase makes. And what they're discussing and what they found is that time that timeline has shifted, but there's always going to be a timeline. And so if you don't know if you're going to be in an area, it may not be a good idea to buy. Just listen, I profit from that. I'm in the mortgage business. So, you know, it's true because otherwise, I'd be, oh, yeah, buy anytime. It's always a good idea. Even if you're only going to be there a month, you should buy a home. <laughs> but no, it doesn't always make sense to go that route. So in Austin, Texas, here's one of the examples. A person buying a median priced home and putting 10% cash down on a 30 year with a 5% fixed rate mortgage wouldn't be able to sell that home and break even for an estimated 5.6 years. Now, that's up from 3.7 years to break even before the pandemic. And they, it was funny because they actually looked at Miami, which we talked about here on the podcast yesterday. I think it was, was it yesterday or the day before? My shows blend. And how Miami, the rents are actually going up quicker than the home prices, which is kind of fat. It's like one of the only markets where that's happening. They actually saw a reversal. So now the break even is two and a half years versus 2.3 years. And remember, there. this is once again in comparison to if you were to keep renting. And so there's some caveats that we're gonna get to here in a second that explains how they're getting this calculation. So for the median priced home, 
Tumo's model shows that an Austin buyer who sells after just three years would lose 30 grand relative to renting over that same period. This is due to the projected costs of ownership, which include things like property taxes and maintenance, exceeding home price appreciation and the cost of renting a median price house over that same period. However, it's a big however here. Should say a big but. After eight years of owning in Austin, the buyer at the time of sale would be up 30,000 compared with renting after 10 years, 55,000, and after 15 years, nearly 140,000. And so how are they figuring out these calculations? Well, for one, they're assuming that rents and home prices will both revert to historical levels. So they're not they're not actually comparing what's happening right now and assuming that's going to continue. They're assuming rents and home price appreciation are going to revert back to historical levels, which you never know. I mean, because let's face it, anyone that bought a house two years ago is sitting pretty. (laughs) Okay. They are sitting very pretty, but no one is projecting that we're going to see two more years of 20% year over year appreciation. Now the 10% down payment, which Tumo says is typical of its users can be higher than what many first-time home buyers are looking to pay. The analysis also assumes that renters are making investments in the stock market if they choose not to buy a home. So I'm guessing they're assuming that renting will be a little bit cheaper so that extra money that you're saving, you can put into the stock market. But then again, based on what's happening with the stock market, maybe that wouldn't be the best idea right now. So mortgage interest rates may continue to rise, they write, which could make break-even times even longer. So it's an interesting analysis. I mean, there's there's some flaws with it because it does assume a lot of things are happening behind the scenes. <laughs> so they're assuming that rents and home prices are going to revert back to normal. So that doesn't happen. That's going to screw up the equation. Uh, it's assuming that people who are renting are saving that money and not spending and they're putting it in the stock market and the stock market's going to have its historical gains. And so there's a lot of things that they're assuming. But it is an interesting calculation, something that a lot of people do before deciding to buy. But the reality is when it comes to buying, the longer you're going to stay in the home, and this is true for anything, I mean, any asset, any appreciating asset, stock market, whatever, not crypto. (laughs) That's not, well, it was for a while an appreciating asset, not anymore. Anything you're putting money in that is an investment, the longer you can stay in it, the better off you're going to be. Because you're going to remove those situations where you are going to see those reversals because they always do, right? Stock market reverses, home prices reverse. (laughs) Everything has a little, you know, ebb and flow. And so the longer you're there, the more it sort of, it looks like a straight line up and those ebb and flows don't really matter so much. So that's really, I think the big indicator, Uh, but it is an interesting calculation and an interesting piece over at the journal. All right, that's it. We got to go. You guys enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. We'll be back here Monday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.